God is worthy. Amen. 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 Do you believe that? Oh, yeah. Have it been good anyhow? Oh, yeah. Uh, in spite of it all. Yes. In spite of the pain. Hallelujah. In spite of everything that we've gone through, he is still a good God, as I said in the outset. Amen. Amen. Oh, really can't have my husband with fuzz on his face. Right. Let's just raise our hands before God before we become, before we receive the word. Lord, we thank you. We humble ourselves before you today, Lord. We're expecting to hear from you, Father. We're 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 postured here today to receive a word from heaven. Thank you for reminding us today that our lives are not our own. Thank you for reminding us today that we must be kingdom focused, Lord God. And Father, from you are all things and to you are all things. Thank you for filling us with your Holy Spirit to hear directly from heaven. So Father, we open our spirits up to you right now to receive your word. And we thank you for the man of God that you have placed in this, in this house. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that he is full of power and anointing. We thank you, Lord God, that he is humbled before you, that he is your mighty man of God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are going to use him today, Lord God, to strengthen your people, to encourage your people, to reprove us, Lord God, to set us, Lord God, on the path of victory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're ready to hear from you, Jesus. We're ready to hear from you, Jesus. Our hearts are open, Lord. We're ready to hear from you, Lord. Speak to us, your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, yesterday, uh, as I was working on where I, I thought God was going to be taking us today, I began to think about, and I'm sure a lot or most have seen the video of the murder of Tyree Nichols by five black Memphis police officers who were part of the now disbanded Scorpion Union. Now at first, I thought Scorpion was a bad connotation. However, it means street crime operation to restore peace in our neighborhoods. That's what Scorpion meant and was supposed to mean. And as I understand it, the unit was created because of all the crime that had been happening in Memphis. Now, and I heard the police chief, who was a black woman, say that those who were part of this unit routinely had time off and had training as well offered to them as being part of this unit. But I don't know about you, but they became what they were supposed to be against. Right? They became. You know, that that they were created for. They became that thing. And they were fighting against it, right? 
naturally became part of what they were fighting against, right? From what I saw, you can't train it out. That can't be trained out. But you can't cast it out. Because as Roy said yesterday, it was a spirit. It's a spirit. Yes, it is. And that and that spirit is a big spirit. And that is not the only part of the spirit that has been relieved. Because if you notice, and if you read or if you read or heard anything that's been going on for the last several years, there is a spirit that has been released of evil, of darkness, that comes along with violence. Violence is the fruit of that spirit. Amen? So you can't train it up. You gotta cast it out. Cast it out. And as I was contemplating all of that, all I could say was this Lord have mercy. How many could say that? <laughs> what's going on around us? What's happening in us? What's happening down there? What's happening here? What's happening around this country? All you can say is what? Lord have mercy. The next thing I did when I was down there and in my office was write that phrase down on a piece of paper. I closed my laptop. I left my cave, which is my office in the basement, and I went upstairs. The Lord told me what I had been preparing to preach today wasn't what we needed. So I said to myself, I am going to trust you to give us what we need. Even though when I got up, closed my laptop, and just wrote that phrase down, I had no idea where that would take me. Yesterday was my birthday, so I didn't have no time to just sit there and mull and go over it. I had to come to church practicing all of the stuff that I had to do yesterday. But I said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Because all I could say was, Lord, have mercy. Now, I can't remember exactly when he told me, but sometime during yesterday, he said, you need the throne of grace. You need the throne of grace. So I chewed on that the rest of the day. <laughs> whether I was with somebody or whether I was not with somebody, whether I was around people or by myself, I chewed on that. You need the throne of grace. And I said that for us. You need. Say, we need the throne of grace. I said, I need, I need the throne of grace. Amen. So we're going to Hebrews. We're going to start in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And as I said before, Hebrews is often considered one of the most difficult books in the New Testament to interpret, second only to Revelation, because Hebrews is very dependent on the Old Testament for what much of the author has to say to the Jewish Christians there. Because they had come upon hard times, and they were considering turning back to their old religious ways. Now, when we're going through hard times, it's easy to slip back to what we were used to and do what we used to do before we got saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit, right? 
The recipients of this letter are wondering whether following Jesus was worth what they were going through. Because we have this, they, he was talking to them, but us, we have this idea if I could just get saved, everything would just be good. I won't have hard times. I won't do, go through downs and valleys. That everything will be holly holly. That I will always have money in my pocket, peace in my mind, settling in my spirit. That it will always be sunny on in June like it was noon. Amen. However, they were wondering whether following Jesus was what, what they, and they were going through a lot. They was being persecuted. Some of them were being killed. Some of them were being cast, kicked out of their homes. All the things of comfort. The author was telling them, and he is telling us, and he is telling us today, it is worth following Jesus. And that we need to keep going. And Jesus is worth the trouble. Amen. So I'm saying this. Don't throw in the towel. Just say, Lord, have mercy. So we need to go to where the Lord is merciful, right? To the place that he is. Um, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13 says, verse 14, I'm sorry, says this, seeing then that we have had, that we have a high, a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast or pass uh, our profession or firmly to what we profess. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like, like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16 says, let us therefore do what? Let us come what? Boldly unto the what? Throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and when we are obtaining mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Amen. Question is, how do we have this access <laughs> to the throne of grace? Amen. And his mercy. Here the author of Hebrew writes to inform us of the superiority of Jesus and to urge them and us to follow him closely. I want to read the scripture one more time. Seeing then that we have a what? Great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities or our testings or our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are he, but he was yet without sin. So let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and, and, and help, grace to help in time of need. Amen. Let me say this. <laughs> Following Jesus is about confidence, not timidity. Following Jesus is about confidence, not timidity. 
In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus is described as a merciful and faithful high priest, and he accomplished propitiation for sin or was a substitute for sin, which means he satisfies God's wrath by becoming the once and for all sacrifice for sin. All right? In Mosaic law, the high priest would intercede on behalf of the people and was at least a symbolic head of the current priestly administration. The priest would bring sacrifices to God on behalf of the people of Israel and would do so repeatedly as the law said. Now, check this out. Ordinarily, the high priest of Israel would have to bring the sacrifice. But Jesus himself was the sacrifice. Yes. Uh -huh. He didn't have to bring it. He was the sacrifice. And his sacrifice was an incredible act of mercy. And he could become, he could be the sacrifice because he had become like those whom he was giving up, giving himself up for. All that to say he became like us. So that he would be in the position to sacrifice himself for us. Amen. Amen. He had become sin by getting clothed in this earth suit, even though he was without sin. Because of, because of Jesus the high priest, you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Because Jesus is our high priest. And he became the sacrifice. Of for sin. Now because we are in Christ, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. What does boldly mean? It means you can come in freedom. You can come in openness. You can come in confidence. You can come in all outspokenness. You can come in frankness. You can come in bluntness. You can come knowing that you will receive in, in assurance that he'll hear you and most of all you can come boldly unmasked. What does that mean? That means you can come as you are. You can come in your most painful, mad at God state. Let me say this. God can handle you being mad at him. <laughs> it is no sin to be mad at God. In fact, there's a whole book written about it in Lamentations. That's nothing but a book of complaints. And even though we can come with him, come to him boldly, unmasked. We can come because of what Jesus did. Amen. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, the Bible says Jesus is the high priest of our profession slash confession in other translations. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 2, it says Jesus is a trustworthy high priest and the Father counted him faithful. And if he, as a high priest, well, let me say this. If God counted Jesus faithful to him, he will be faithful to us. Amen. Right? Amen. So let's go a little deeper. Y'all ready? Mm -hmm. In Mosaic law, 
when the sacrifice that which was in the Mosaic law, that which was sacrificed, it died. So new sacrifices were necessary to temporarily cover sin. But Jesus as high priest bought a different vibe. He sacrificed himself. He was resurrected and ascended into heaven, which is another evidence that he is faithful and had the ability to accomplish salvation for all who believe in him. So because of Jesus, again, I'll keep driving this point home, we can come to the throne of grace boldly. Because he is a high priest that sympathizes with our weaknesses. And as I said, he knows how it feels to be in your shoes. He knows how it feels to be betrayed. He knows how it feels to be talked about. He knows how it feels when somebody he's close to him dies. He knows how to be persecuted. He knows how to be abandoned. He knows how to feel alone. He knows how to cry tears of great tears of desperation till it turned into blood. Jesus knows exactly how we feel. He knows what we're going through when we see what we saw with this past week. He knows what we he knows how we feel when we see what we see when we go through with our families. He knows what it feels like when your when your when your husband may betray you or your, your brother or sister betray you or your best friend betray you or you left out in the cold by some stranger. He knows how you feel. Amen. Amen. Jesus was all man and he was all God. Because he was a man, he could be our substitution and he could stand in our place to pay the price for sin. And But because he was God, he had no sin on his own and he could arise from the grave showing he conquered sin and death. So I said all that to say, his one-time sacrifice took care of it all. There's no need for another one. Hmm? Yeah. I hear it all the point. Because of him, if you are a believer, you can boldly come to the throne of grace. Not because of what you have done or by bringing your own sacrifice, but on what he did. Hmm. He made it possible for you to come to God in faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. Hmm. Because of what Jesus has done, you can come boldly with confidence to the throne of grace in time of need instead of the throne of judgment in eternity. So let me put it where the ghost can get it. As a believer, you have the authority to approach the throne of grace with unrestricted access through the crucible of prayer. You have the authority. And prayer is the, is the divinely authorized method of, access, of accessing heavenly authority for intervention on earth. It is your passport as a believer into the spiritual realm. So what is a passport? It is an official, as an official document issued by the government mm -hmm. of the country you belong to. Yes, yes. Prayer is our passport into the spiritual realm. And with that passport, it grants you certain rights. You can go to a foreign country, be protected in that foreign country, 
And then you can re-enter the original country that you came from. Prayer is our passport into the spiritual realm. We are dual citizens if you're a believer. You're a citizen on earth and you're a citizen from the kingdom of God. So prayer is a passport that will continually allow you to go back to your home, home, home front. Amen. Hmm? This world, I want you to remember this as a believer. This world is not your home. I want that to sink in. This world is not our home. The devil will try to get you so caught up on earth that you forget about you're not really a citizen of this kingdom here. The kingdom of darkness. If you are a believer, you are a kingdom of the heavenlies or the spiritual realm or where God is. And your prayer is your passport into the spiritual realm to do what? To access what heaven has to make it intervene in the earth realm. Amen? So when you are tempted to give up, that temptation is your invitation to draw near to the king's throne so that you can obtain mercy and find grace. Or when you are going through tribulations, that is your invitation, huh? Your invitation to draw near to the king's throne so that you can obtain mercy and by, by obtaining mercy you will find grace. Let me put it, let me put it to the speech again. Because of what you are going through, that is your invitation to draw near to the king. Don't do what usually happens is draw, draw back from him. That is your invitation to go into him. And sometimes it's going to be a press to get there. What does that mean? That means sometimes you're going to have to fight your way through stuff. You're going to have to fight your way through feelings. You've got to fight your way through situations. You've got to fight your way through people to get to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hmm. And when you say, Lord, have mercy, the king extends his personal invitation to you. Don't stay away. Come get what you need. <laughs> mercy and grace are gifts from God. But to obtain those gifts, you have to lay claim on those gifts. And to lay claim on those gifts, it comes through prayer by approaching the throne of grace. But besides mercy and grace, you need the peace of God. Right? Let's go to Philippians. Very familiar. You probably already know what I'm getting ready to say, but that's all right. You need to look it up anyway if you got your Bible. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 6. So we need to get to the throne of grace and we have access. We are authorized as a believer to go to the throne of grace 
to receive, uh, obtain mercy, and then we will receive grace, and, and then we'll find grace. And next thing we need is we need peace, the peace of God. Not just peace, but the peace of God. Verse 6 says in chapter 4, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your what? Request, which is a demand, be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep or guard your hearts and minds. How? Through Christ Jesus. The peace of God is the harmony and the calmness of your spirit, soul, and body that supersedes earthly circumstances. The peace of God supersedes what's happening here on earth. The peace of God can be described as a tranquil state of appreciation and faith when you submit to and trust the promises of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, you can appreciate God for the promises that he has already written down for us. Amen? It requires a, a mixture of humility and courage to experience God's peace when you are looking beyond what you see. It takes humility, first of all, and it takes courage to look beyond what you see. Hmm? Because the devil is going to try all he can to get you to not be humble about it and to not stand encouraged on trusting God's promises. Amen? Amen? The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 to not look at the things that we see because they are temporary. And we need to look at the things which we can't see because they are eternal. Now, the peace of God is something that you can't see at the time of your distress. Right? When you are going through, it's very hard to see the peace of God. Because the peace of God is not seen with your natural eye. The peace of God has to be seen through your spiritual eye. And through your natural eye, you see the things that's happening to you. But through your spiritual eye, you can see God. But those things that's happening naturally tend to get in the way of what you can see spiritually, right? Huh? You have to look beyond what you see. And then you ought to also know that God is inherently peaceful. And so I'll say this. And when you know that you know that you know that you know that God is inherently peaceful, then to show your appreciation is to live in his peace because his peace will guard your heart and mind. The scripture says, and the peace of God which passive understanding or the, your way of thinking shall guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. The way to guard your heart and the way to keep your mind from going crazy is to operate in the peace of God. The reason why people get off is because they operate in their own mind. And your own mind is where the devil has access to and he can drive you out of your own mind. And take over your mind and make you go crazy. Now, I'm not saying that medicine don't have a place. Some people have issues.
saying that. But what I am saying, as a believer, and if you are clothed in your right mind, your mind needs to operate in the peace of God. And then when you operate in the peace of God, it will guard your heart and your mind. So what am I saying? You need to fill up on God. Fill up on God. I know what you're going through is tough. God knows what you're going through is tough. God knows that it is not easy to live on this earth. Because there's a whole lot of stuff going on. He knows it. He knows how painful it is to lose a loved one. He knows it. How painful it is uh, for someone you love to be sick. He knows that. He knows how, how it feels to be without and to not to know what tomorrow is going to bring. He knows that. But if you can get to the peace of God, if you can operate in the peace of God, that surpasses your understanding, it will guard your heart and mind against the devil. So you need the peace of God. You need the throne grace, you need the peace of God. And then lastly, you need God's comforting presence. <laughs> Second Corinthians. As I was reviewing that, I needed God's comforting presence. Everybody I talked to, everybody I ran into, did you see? Yes, I saw. What are we gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> But God revealed. He said, "You need to pray. <laughs> Come to the throne of grace. <laughs> get mercy, get grace, get my peace. I'll guard your heart and your mind, and then you'll be in my comfort." We need God's comforting presence. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse three and four says this: "Blessed be even, blessed be God, even to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." The father of what? Mercies. With nets. And the God of what? All comfort. Who comforted us in our tribulation or troubles that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Now, the idea of comfort implies at least two parties. One who gives comfort and one who receives comfort. It, it, imply, it also implies a need, one that the Bible exclusively speaks of for human beings. Why do I say that? Animals have no capacity to receive spiritual comfort. I know you love poo poo. <laughs> I know you love Fifi. I know you love Rover. I know that. But animals have no capacity to receive spiritual comfort. The holy angels have no need for comfort. Satan and his demons are eternally beyond comfort. Only humans, which are higher than the animals, but lower than the angels, which are made up of spirit, soul, and body, were created to receive comfort, 
but we are also created to give comfort. And we definitely live in a world that needs both. We can't, let me put it this way, we can't suck up all the comfort from God and not give any out. God comforts us so that we can comfort others. Amen. You get that? Say, so God comforts us so that we can comfort others. All that to say this. We go through, not for us, but through for someone else who may be going through that same thing or will face what we're going through so that we can comfort them on how we got through it and how God comforted us so that we can now comfort them. Amen. Amen. Bound in time like animals, yet with a sense of eternity like angels, we suffer distress in a three-dimensional way. The past, the present, and the future. You remember your previous distresses and you are filled with griefs and regrets. The past. The present, you face each day's troubles and worries. The present. And you reflect on the things, on these things, and dread what might come next. The future. Now, how many sometimes, and I know you don't have to raise your hand because they're all super spiritual. And y'all say, sanctified, don't have any problems. How many of you don't, let me see, how can I put it? How many of you sometimes dread what will come next? You don't have to raise your hand, just, just go, mm. <laughs> Because sometimes we are already thinking about tomorrow and what we have to face, not realizing that God is already in tomorrow. <laughs> and he's taking care of that tomorrow. Amen. And if you are a believer beyond these worldly matters, the devil will try to guilt us for some things that we fell short of to condemn us so that we can remain bound, condemned, keeping us from the throne of grace. Amen. Hmm. As a believer in Christ, you have a comfort from God that includes freedom from guilt. God is the God of all comfort, and he comforts us in our troubles that we may be able to comfort them who are in any troubles. Amen? In his mercy and love, God is eager to provide comfort to his children. I need comfort, y'all. And I still need comfort. But God is waiting, eager. He is excited to comfort us. God is excited when we come boldly to the throne of grace. He is excited when we want to be when we need to be comforted. That gets God going. <laughs> God is eager. Comfort is this. It's solace and it's consolation. God gives us his comfort, his solace, and his consolation. In other words, he takes us in his great big old heart. And he gives us a great big old God hug. Hey, and nothing like a hug from God 
It may not always be physical, a spiritual hug. Yes. A hug from God that tells you you can make it. Yes. A hug from God that tells you you can go on. The hope from God that says you can take this one step because I'm right there with you. A hope from God that tells you that I love you unconditionally. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you said. I don't care what they said. I don't care what they did. A great big hug from your big old God. There's nothing like a great big heavenly hug from our heavenly Father. Whatever trial you face, your heavenly Father already knows about it, and he offers his comforting presence to you. One thing about God's comfort is this. It may not always be felt, but you can rest assured that he's always there. <laughs> Whether you feel it or not, he is always there. Why? He says he will never what? Leave you or forsake you. And that's in the middle of your mess. Hmm. And the, the thing about the comfort is that you receive, it should flow through you to others so that you can comfort those in trouble with the same kind of comfort you have received from God. Like grace, grace comfort is active. It's an active, powerful gift, not just to be received, but actively to be shared and supernaturally multiplied to advance the kingdom. Comforting others is the way to advance the kingdom. Because sometimes the first book that somebody reads or the first Bible that somebody reads is you. The first Jesus, the first part of Jesus that they may meet is you. We are here to comfort others. Now I know sometimes, and I'm, I'm not going to say guilty, but I'm <laughs> convicted, that's a better word, is this. Sometimes going, when you're going and you're going and you're going, somebody has a need, you just don't feel like going to comfort them, do you? Mm -hmm. Let's just be real. You just don't feel like doing it because you think you don't have enough strength for your own self. But then you go anyway, you provide comfort to them, then you realize that it was God using, working through you to connect with their situation so then now as you are obedient to God, now he can connect with your situation and then you get comfort. And then if you like me, I have to repent. It's the goodness of God that leads to repent. Lord, I am sorry. I didn't see what you were trying to do. And that's okay. God wants you honest. Now, this is really important, and it's something that may throw you off a little bit. When someone is grieving, we can't share the grief because everyone deals with it differently. That's right. However, we can share comfort. Mm -hmm. 
We can't share in someone's grief because we don't know how they feel. And people have me be well meaning, but I know how you feel. No, you don't. Because just like snowflakes, each one of us is different. God created us that way. However, we can share comfort. Tell them you love them. Sometimes just don't say nothing, just be there. Sometimes just pray. We are created to share comfort, not grief. Amen? When you share comfort, all three persons of the Trinity are involved. Right? You got God the Father who took care of Israel in the Old Testament. You got God, his son, who came in the person of Jesus. And when Jesus went back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit, which is God's comforting presence, which is the paracletos, which means to come close, come again, come, come alongside of us to help comfort those who need comfort. And when you don't know what to say, if you yield to him, he'll tell you what to say. <laughs> so when you're going to comfort others, you got the Godhead with you. Yeah. If you're going in the right frame of mind. Amen. 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 Hmm? When you cry, Lord have mercy, that means you need to go boldly to the throne of God's grace to find mercy. To receive God's peace. Because you need God's comforting presence that only comes through his unconditional love. God loves you. God loves us. Thank God for Jesus. Hallelujah. And to, re to receive God's love, it comes through Jesus Christ, His Son. And the only way to receive that is to receive Jesus as your Lord personal. Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever is us. And I declare, you go to him a certain way, you would, in, in, in a real way, an exchange happens. <laughs> Your life for his life. Yeah, yeah. And when you receive his life, that's a passport of prayer. Passport that gives you access to the throne of grace. So if you don't know him, receive him as your savior today. Please stand to your feet. Amen.